Welcome to the Record Night Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. Uh, each week we pull a record off of our shelves based on a theme and talk about them, review them, react to them, and most importantly we just hang out and have fun. Yeah, we do. Uh, so join us, grab a beer, and listen in if you'd yeah. like. It's episode 8, correct? It is. It's episode 8, uh, also based on a theme. That's what we're starting yeah. to do now. So first off, if yeah. you have any suggestions, feel free or ideas for themes, feel free to submit them to our Facebook, which we're facebook.com slash record night. Correct. Or you can go through our Instagram, which is record night pod, all one word. Or you can email us at record night pod at gmail.com. Yeah, and this week's uh, theme is kitchen sink. Kitchen sink submitted by me. Yeah, yeah. Yours yeah. truly. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a good foil to last week's episode, and it wasn't on purpose. I wrote kitchen sink when i found out meat and potatoes is <laughs> yeah. gonna be the thing but i thought it was gonna be later on not the, <laughs> the literal next episode um so how do you think i interpreted kitchen sink so i think uh and i had a hard time with this one i gotta say right up front so i just picked one that i thought might fit but um that's fine uh i was thinking like just a it's a record that's full of everything right like yeah full of uh all different styles all different instruments even that's the case. That's how I think you interpreted it. Mine was more about dynamic aspect. Okay, that makes sense. I thought, yeah, I thought you would you would pick something with a lot of instrumentation, or like a lot of production uh, things. I don't know. We'll talk about yeah. that when we get to mine. But uh, mine, I, I I really struggled. I really did because there are two us that they came to mind, and I was like, fuck, like like do I, what do I pick? And so I picked with I actually went with one that I think I'm gonna use later on. Oh, okay. I, well, no, I picked one that... Uh, I picked one because I think I might use the other one later on in a different Oh, episode. I gotcha. So I wanted to save that for that because I don't want to be like, well, now I'm stuck. So, <laughs> because I, I got a glimpse of the ones we have picked and, I mean, whatever. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, I, mine went with more dynamic as it has a little bit of everything, like, uh-huh. but more of like, more of everything I think the, the band can do. Yeah. Know? Okay. Uh, what did you think? What did you want? I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the yeah. head. Uh, I went with something basically that has so many ideas, so many sounds, so many everything yeah. that it's just bursting at the seams. Okay. Um, so this album features like five languages, <laughs> uh, tons of instruments, tons of genres, tons of just vocal techniques, mm-hmm. usually all within the same song. Okay, wow. Okay. Like this thing is all over the place, constantly. I have this. Idea, I have an idea that your records are way different than mine. Yeah. So before I show you what it is, uh-huh. after we did the Swans episode, you yeah. said to me, Ryan, that was probably the thing you've challenged me with the most. Yeah. And I took that as a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is probably one of the weirdest records I own, mm-hmm. but also one of the most formative things for like my musical taste because I, I listened to this in high school. How listenable is it to you? Um, okay. Well, Very. I think there's some internal logic there. Okay. That through repeated listens, you do kind of start to pick up on a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it it stuck with me right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, when we, I'll tell you kind of the best way you can listen listen to this. But let me tell you my runners up real quick. Okay. Uh, one was going to be a Ween album. Okay. But I do want to use Ween later on. Yeah. So because like, uh, that's that's what uh, I was talking to people about my next episode, and if people say. He's in pick wing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's there's a very strong chance that the other one 
is very related to this is this band called Phantomus. Okay. That they do something very similar, um, but that band features uh, the lead singer of this band. Okay. So I picked Mr. Bungle's Disco Volante. Of course, it's Mr. Bungle. It's got to be Mr. Bungle. And yeah, I think yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely the record I recognize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I Mr. Bungle, they're pretty fucking legendary. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. Um, they probably the thing they're mo- the most known for that is not something you probably want to be legendary for. Mm. Um, they're credited with inventing new metal. <laughs> <laughs> so their first album, a couple of songs, and they had a very distinct sound. Yeah. Um, that the guitar player and the bass player from Corn have yeah. credited yeah. as being like, this is what we wanted to sound like. Yeah, Limp Biscuit really likes them. Uh, Lincoln, like really all of the new metal bands, less embarrassing to most embarrassing. Like they just love Mr. Bungle. Sure. And we're not listening to their first one. We're listening to their second one. Yeah. But I listened to their first one recently. Yeah. And I'm like. This fucking new metal. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but you still love it, right? It's still a pretty good album <laughs> because they they have other stuff in there because yeah. there's only like two or three songs in there that right. have that new metal thing. Um, they also during that early period they wore masks on stage. Okay, and so you're looking at it and you're like, is this early Slipknot? <laughs> like it's very like, oh yeah, I see kind of where Slipknot got it from. Um, but it has Mike Patton in it. Oh, as a Faith, no more, Faith right? no more. Yeah, yeah. Which this album was recorded after he had already been in Faith No More. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like he's he's recording this in between tours with Faith No yeah. More. And Faith No More, they're pretty legendary too. But basically, it's Mike Patton who's a legend guy. Yeah, because yeah. he's just got an insane vocal. Range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does everything. He's just constantly changing his voice techniques. And he's influenced some people. Like the one I can think of that actually comes right off the bat when it comes mm-hmm. to vocal stylings is Jared Plum of Glassjaw. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you listen to Worship and Tribute, that's a Faith and More Tribute record. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I mean, Mike Patton still does all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, he does voice acting stuff. If you did, you see I Am Legend. Oh, of course. He does the like vampire infected. He does all their voices. Damn. He does the anger core sphere from Portal Two. Okay. He does a lot of the zombies from Left for Dead. <laughs> um, usually without effects and stuff like that. So it's like he's just making these sounds. Uh, he has an Italian pop music thing that he does, nice, and okay. he nails it. Like it sounds like '60s Italian pop. Sure. Um, so I, I imagine Mike Patton left his own devices. He would create something like Mr. Bungle. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what like Phantomus is. Yeah. is that it's a super group with the drummer from Slayer, yeah, bass player from Mr. Bungle, guitar player from the Melvins, and him singing. And it's like stop on a dime metal. It sounds like Looney Tunes metal. <laughs> it's so weird, uh, but really good. So, I mean, I wonder, I mean, you said this has also, like, all types of different shit in it. Like, in oh, terms, constantly. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll probably stick on a sound or a genre for maybe, like, ten seconds before it shifts to something else. Jesus, okay. I, yeah, your, yours is gonna <laughs> make my shit sound tame, probably. It's gonna, it's gonna freak your, it's gonna... Uh, mind freak your mind. Yeah, there we go, Chris Handel. Yeah, yeah. mind freak. <laughs> so they're also with Faith No More, pretty famous for having a feud with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Can you that, let me know more about that? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. So uh, Anthony Kiedis saw the video for Epic mm-hmm. by Faith No More, 
and made all these like public things about like, oh, this Mike Patton guy is just copying me. <laughs> He's just copying me. And like he was being real shitty about it. And he yeah. like, took the copying really personally. Sure. Somehow. Um, and decided that he was going to start kicking them off of festival shows because Red Hot Chili Peppers, they were so big at the time, got final say in who was on festivals. Right. And they kept just like, why don't these fucking Mr. Bungle guys here, they keep copying me, <laughs> and kept kicking them off of things. Jesus. And then there was one really big one, I think it was called Big Day Out, that was, I think they were looking at this as like, okay, this is going to be like our big thing. Like, we're going to have the most eyes on us at this festival. We feel like we fit in. Red Hot Chili Peppers had final say. Kicked them off. Jesus. So they did a Halloween show. <laughs> Mr. Bungle did. Dressed up as the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No. Uh, was it was it tube socks on their dick? Was that no, no, no. <laughs> okay. This was this was pre that. This was like California. No, pre Californication. Wow. Okay. This was like probably still like almost funk metal time. Okay. Just getting into the uh, stuff because. But they did a bunch of covers of their songs, <laughs> which they played really well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, purposely changed the lyrics. Uh, constantly were like on stage, like, where's all, oh, I need heroin. Where's the <laughs> The guitar player uh, was dressed up as the ghost of the Red Hot Chili Peppers guitar player. They did Hello Slovak? Yep. Really? That is fucking, uh, that is fucking harsh. <laughs> they, they didn't hold back. And it's, sure, a little mean. Yeah. But... Red Hot Chili Peppers were directly responsible Dick, for Dickie, Dickie. Mr. Bungle probably not getting as big as they could have gotten. Yeah. Um, they had, I think, one of their percussionists was dressed up as the Ghost of River Phoenix. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because uh, apparently uh, Flea is probably responsible for River Phoenix's death. Oh, yeah, he was there, huh? Uh, or he, he told River Phoenix, like, no, you can't do this stuff with us. Go off and do something else. And then River Phoenix Jesus. went off and overdosed. No, okay. Um, and then there was they had a, their, one of their roadies stand up behind their drummer who was dressed as the drummer. Yeah. Just holding up, kind of doing the Bob Dylan thing, like uh, flipping the oh, yeah. cards. But they were all just sponsors. <laughs> hinting that they, they think they, he sold out and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's uh, pretty obvious right how children just sold out. Right? Yeah. I mean... Uh, but hold on, hold on. hey, beat it. Leave it alone. Sorry, dogs <laughs> fuck on the cat. Uh, but uh, yeah. so I, I'm gonna make this down. Two nights ago, I watched that concert, and it's really funny. It's they do YouTube? they do amazing. It's covers. on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Okay, it's well. there. It's a Halloween show. Um, but that yeah. So that's kind of their feud and. Anthony Kiedis at some point like pretended he had any plans to be like the bigger man and he was like oh you know I was it was getting okay but then like after that Halloween show thing I was like whatever fuck them they're done so I I think that they're uh Hatchers, I don't as of now of the the, sh- the garbage they released past I don't know 10 years mm-hmm. I can't understand how anyone says their favorite band right like I know like Flea's an amazing bass player most of pe- most people in the band are amazing musicians but I just don't think Anthony Kiedis is anything special no. No, no. I mean... They've got a unique sound, and I guess I can attribute that to having it be someone's favorite band. Because you, you don't, like... Yeah. At no point are you listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers and being like, oh, this sounds just like this guy. Yeah, like, that's no, true. No, they, they sound wholly unique. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 I imagine their commercial success has enabled other bands to get popular that I probably really like. Yeah. But, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, man, like, uh... 
I mean, I think the last record I bought by them was Californication. I still think Californication oh, that's bops. A good, yeah. I think that album is yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, I, I know how to play Scar Tissue all the way through. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I may have forgotten, actually. But Scar Tissue was probably one of the first songs I learned on guitar. It's a great song. Like, that whole album, Front to Back, is my favorite yeah, of yeah. theirs. Like, oh, I think it's... And Dude, Other Side, still a killer song. Oh, yeah. It's it, probably my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers song. It's also, it's got the best... I mean, to me, it's all about it. Like, like mm-hmm. Other Side is the best, like... I still remember the music video. Oh, yeah, it's a great music video. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, try to reference the people. I'll take a screenshot. Of I don't know if this is. I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It, well, MTV hasn't been around in a while. Yeah, no. Don't really watch too on. much music videos I'm anymore. Getting, I'm getting now, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so Disco Volante. Yeah. It's their second album. Their first album, they still kind of did the genre hopping, mm-hmm. but it would be more, I guess, like accepted kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So you get like, Here's some metal, here's some ska, here's some kind of like circus music. But with Disco Volante, they're like, we're still going to record hop, or not record hop, genre hop, but we're going to do just crazy, already challenging genres. We're going to get real esoteric with it. (laughs) So it's like, this one, instead of just regular metal, it's like, we've got death metal this time. Jesus, okay, I'm I'm ready here. We've got free jazz. We've got like Arabic music. We've got music concrete. We've got noise like they're all over the place on this like i said within the same songs okay um so with they also the first album was a little bit more like juvenile with Mm -hmm. its humor um there was a whole song just about like uh like food and sex and it's a bunch of like (laughs) sexual innuendos with like food yeah um like squeeze me macaroni, <laughs> uh, slap my face, slap your face with my bologna was okay, one of the lines. Okay. So they're they're a lot more juvenile with that. This one they do back off of it with a little bit, um, but they're they're still trying to be funny. Yeah, I guess like it's serious musicians making kind of like unserious music. Yeah, I mean like when you can do that um, with earnestness, uh huh, like that. That that proves you like, you have nothing to prove basically. Yeah, you know, like like that, like I'm making this. I think this is fun. You know? Yeah, yeah. And but the thing with it being unserious is there's not a lot of like jokes in it. Yeah, but it's still funny. Okay, like you're gonna hear some shit. Yeah, you're gonna hear you're gonna hear it, and you're gonna be like, this sounds ridiculous, <laughs> and it is, and it's supposed to be ridiculous. Okay. I uh, by I can... the way, by the way, this is gonna be a complete damage puzzle with my okay. my fraternity. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. I mean, this is a ambiguous yeah. theme, and that, I think that's why it works so well. I do get kind of like a almost like a Tim and Eric vibe from this. Okay. Like if you're in on the joke, or if you're like in on it, it's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of if things seem weird, that's, they are okay. like laugh at it. Just yeah. just kind of let it wash over you. Okay. Things are gonna happen. Sure. And just enjoy it. Okay. And th- that's advice for everybody. If you're going to listen along with us, uh, there's going to be a playlist right. that you can listen through. You can look it up on Spotify or buy the album or do whatever you want to do. Um, but we're going to take like a 10 second pause right now. Okay. And you can cue the album up. And when you're done listening, feel free to boot it back up.
saucer. So that was um, <laughs> Mr. Bungle's Disco Volante. <laughs> it sure was. So uh, we're going to talk about this first. You said you are going to. Yeah, let's let's open okay. with uh, something I forgot to mention before we started. Okay. This is a major label release. Yeah. Warner Brothers, right? Warner Brothers <laughs> released it. Label mates with Madonna, Linkin Park, Prince, Metallica, Cher, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Black Keys. This was released... How the fuck did they like finance this? So, this is a thing I have dubbed the Kurt Cobain clause. Okay. If somebody is making you so much fucking money, what you do is you start to finance all their side projects uh-huh. and you finance all the bands they like. Mm-hmm. That's why the Melvins got a major label release. That's why Meat Puppets got a major label release. That's why uh, just a bunch of bands, Kurt Cobain, Butthole Surfers. Okay. All those bands got major label releases because they're like, well, we got to find the next Nirvana. Oh, okay. So Mike Patton. Mike Patton was making so much money for Warner so, Brothers. Faith No More. Faith No More. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll do your Mr. <laughs> Bungle band. <laughs> This is a wild fucking record, man. I don't... There... It's like a... I, I, I use the term Muzak a lot in this. In this <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of it sounds like elevator music that fucking was put through like a... I don't know, like a Dementor machine or something. Right. <laughs> um, there, there are so many ideas in this. I don't know where to begin. Like, every song... It's like, I'm going to stuff as much shit as I can in this yeah, song. Yeah, like, just let's juxtapose, let's let's just, what happens if you cram jazz and metal yeah, together, yeah, yeah. and you're like, that shouldn't okay. work, and then you're like, oh, that works in some weird way. Okay, so let's start, let's just go track by track on this if we can. <laughs> yeah. So the first one's called Everyone Went to High School with His Dead, Everyone Went to High School with His Dead. Yeah, which... Uh, I think is a rough opener. Yeah, uh, what I put is what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, it's this really slow, just chugging guitar yeah. thing. And in this script, like, sort of lyrics, lyrics, if you can make them out. Yeah, because it's like everyone in the band kind of atonally yeah. like yelling. And then like halfway through, there's like just weird time signatures, or it sounds like it's off kilter on purpose, though. You know? Oh, like, for sure. I like, don't think uh, I've met any Mr. Bungle fan that actually likes this song. Okay, like a lot of us kind of agree, like. It's it's a decent opener for like yeah. kind of preparing you for yeah. what's on the rest of this album. Uh, yeah. But I don't think anyone's like, I'm gonna listen to everyone I went to high school with is dead. Yeah. We all just like, okay, we gotta make it through that so we can get to the rest of this album. And then we get to uh, the next one. I do like the lyrics on this one. Oh, this first one? Yeah. yeah. The, it's like they're weird, they're dark, yeah. but they're good. And apparently, I was reading up on it. The live versions are longer and slower. <laughs> it's just like, it's already long and slow. So the next song is called uh, uh, Chemical Marriage. Yep. It is all gibberish. It is, and it's... Probably my favorite song on the record, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this one's kind of like the first hint at like the real weirdness yeah, you're going to um, get on this album. It's, it's mu- it has a music sort of soundtrack to it, mm-hmm. but... Also sounds like Danny Elfman. You know, it's what I mean? so Danny Elfman. Yeah, like there's a lot of Danny Elfman uh, throughout this whole record. I think um, it's just spooky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think on this one you said it was gibberish, but I think it's just Mike Patton kind of playing around with his voice. Okay, but genius for whatever reason put lyrics to it anyway because <laughs> I don't think they're supposed to be lyrics. I think they're just him making weird noises. Yeah, I was reading on genius. And I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> if you wanna. Uh, uh, 
transcribe like and like you know he does a lot of breathing in while saying words and shit like that yeah Mike Patton just lets himself go fucking wild on this he is crazy yeah crazy like like I want I want to say it's just drugs but I think it's kind of genius honestly yeah I think it's genius person there he's stretching the definition of what you can do as a singer yeah it's a fifth instrument it's not just some nice singing and I'm saying fifth I think it's more like eighth instrument I'm just saying he's not using it necessarily for weird but for like sound yeah yeah and uh that's that's a good point i was gonna bring that up but you did before i did um, <laughs> then we can uh i uh, it's hard to talk about this record because there's no way i'm gonna be able to explain it to people at all nope yeah. this this is the song i was talking about where it's like let's mash metal and jazz together okay um it's sleep part two carry stress in the yeah. jaw yeah and then and then the secret song so that's the secret song right but I think what they did is they did do something by the label to where they could separate it into songs. Like, but I think given to their own device, they just made all these different tracks. For yeah. It. Well, let me tell you, this is a good part to get to um, why we didn't listen to the vinyl version of this. Okay. I brought it, but we didn't listen okay. to it. Um, so they cut out on this. You'll see in the track listing, if you look at it, Platypus yeah. isn't on there. Oh, really? They cut out Platypus so they could keep... This secret song, which is a hidden track, which is a great song, uh-huh. but it's a hidden track. And then they also kept that noise stuff at the end. But I they cut like, an entire song think, so they could keep that stuff on there. I think they should have kept Platypus. Yeah. Well, Platypus well, is not even as long as the weird... It's not even noise. It's just annoying sounds at the end of this album <laughs> that they decided not to cut because it would have been harder to cut that out than it would to just cut out Platypus. So, yeah, I mean, this is this was written in a time when CDs were king. Yep. So you could do stuff in CDs you couldn't do with vinyl. Yeah, uh, although this uh, the this song, The Hidden Track, how you had to get to it is you had to put the needle, if you were listening to it on a record, in a certain spot on the album, mm-hmm. and it would play the song. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, so it's technically a hidden track, but they just make it part of Carrie's Stress in the Jaw. Okay. Which we'll talk about first. Carrie Stress in the Jaw is my second favorite track on this whole album. Okay. So um this is the first, I guess, song where Patton shows up as like a regular singer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh it, it's in it the first like, I was trying to I mean the lyrics aren't really the main voice they're there. I like the lyrics, but you can't pick out the lyrics from listening to no, it. No, you have to watch you have to be looking at it and it's about basically about bad sleeping habits, basically. It's I think it's about um being so stressed out you grind your teeth when yeah. you sleep but like you're so i don't it's it's a weird thing of like you're grinding your teeth away because you're so stressed out but it has a whole uh the second verse is just ned growling poe quote oh it is yeah and then that part's like weirdly like off kilter yeah and but stuff. about a minute and a half into this song they just go let's just fuck shit up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it starts out kind of music kind of kind of pleasant and then halfway through just let's just bring it in, bring it in, bring everyone in. Yeah, you get this little uh, saxophone solo, uh-huh. and then halfway through the saxophone solo, you hear this like metal guitar yeah, show yeah. up yeah. for no reason. Yeah. You're like, well, that's weird. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's a metal song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I was like, okay, that's why the, this is when, yeah. And it, you think it's part of the secret song? It's not really. No, no, it's still it's still part of the the stress. But, oh man, that song. <laughs> and then uh, during the metal part, you get screechy saxophone solos yeah. as like the death metal guitar solos and then you think there's mike Patton just muttering or 
or screaming or screeching even. He probably is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a wild record. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, I, the, then the secret song starts, and secret song starts. I, I put the word, I put the term jungle jazz. Yeah, I think it's supposed to sound it on setlist. It's called Spy. Okay. I think it's supposed to sound kind of like a fifties, sixties like spy thing. I get that. Yeah, yeah, one percent. But this song has the best story. I want to hear the story on this. Okay. Um. So this song was recorded without the bass player's knowledge. (laughs) The bass player had no idea it was on this album until like maybe a week before it went to pressing. Uh huh. But he found it and then recorded the vocals without the knowledge of the rest of the band. So that, like, old guy weird voice yeah. thing is the bass player singing the okay. song without the rest of the band knowing over a song that he didn't know existed until that moment, which is why all the lyrics are like, they kicked me out of the band, yeah. I found the secret song, yeah. um, God damn it, I'm pissed off. And, uh, I do like the wah, wah, wah. Which, that's Mike Patton stuff. Oh, okay. So that's the stuff he's actually doing where it's like the wah, 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 wah. I love that part of the song. Me too. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. And it's crazy that one of the best songs on this album is just a hidden track. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they it's not hidden anymore because yeah. you can't really hide things on streaming services yeah. and things like that because it's i think it's a song people should hear yeah I, but it's even better knowing the story can you think about back in the day people discovering secret tracks and how amazing that was for them yeah i remember it all was like i'll tell you the first time i heard of one by you first i just remember it all being like uh like recess talk where it's like if you go to the fifth track of the gorillas album when you're listening to clint eastwood and you rewind it for three minutes and then let go you get a secret remix version oh yeah yeah and I, it's like what that doesn't make any sense and then you try it and all of a sudden there's the remix version yeah, yeah, of clint yeah, eastwood. Like, what is the negative part of this song yeah that's weird <laughs> um i used to do with all the records i had but but uh with CDs, <laughs> but the first time this is really consistent dating me i was i think 11 or 12 and I had Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill on, on, on a CD. Uh-huh. And, you know, and you just let it go. And I discovered two secret tracks in there, and it blew my goddamn mind. <laughs> I just, I, secret tracks are cool. Yeah. Like, I wish CDs kind of still existed, because yeah, so I think it's a cool thing to find. Yeah, but. especially when we, the rewinding part. Because a lot of Rick and Bob C players didn't do that. Uh-huh. You'd have to, like, you'd have to just hit rewind to get to the secret tracks. Exactly. Know? And... Now, now uh, they're harder to find. And they're, or you're like, there's 10 minutes left of this track. There's always going to be a secret track right now. Exactly. Um, Which then, brings us to Desert Search for Techno Allah. So uh, this is pre-9-11. I want to see that real quick. Yeah. So, so this is before people were scared of the term Allah or anything like that. So, mm. But there is... um, The the song does have a, a, a Arabic influence because of the... For the, sure. For well, that I think that all comes from the guitar player, mm-hmm. uh, Trace Spruance, who went on to make a band called Secret Chiefs 3, okay. which is my favorite Mr. Bungle spinoff. Oh, okay. And they do kind of like that kind of stuff sure. consistently. Okay. So they, um, yeah, it's a lot of like world influence and uh, <laughs> cinematic scores, and they, they do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, They'll, it's called Desert Search for Techno, and um, there's definitely a techno point parts in this song and it's like techno metal almost yeah it's it's definitely pre pre dubstep but it was, right. te- it was techno in 95 it was this is what techno sounded like in 95 yeah lo-fi even uh, and this like, actually used to be my favorite mr bungle song for a while when i first listened to this album this, this, uh, this song has so many sounds so many different things going on like i said i, I wrote down many uh times 
Every song has so many ideas. It's so many. And he's, uh, I just feel like, yeah, let's put this in there. Like, 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 well, some, some bands, they put together songs like Legos. Right. I feel like this is just like the, the messiest kid's room. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also like some weird, like internal logic to uh, it where yeah. it's like techno metal. Yeah. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah, they somehow uh, make these disparate ideas just come together and make sense. I see like, um, so here's, here's how I think about it. You know, like, you, you think of the messiest person you know. Okay. But also the most organized person you know. I feel like, I feel like this person would be like, oh yeah, uh, if you're looking for a red hat, it'd be in that third pile, halfway down. Right. Like, they know where it's set, even though it's a fucking mess in their room. Right. And so that's how I'm feeling like this record is. That's kind of what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, they know what they're doing, but it's a mess. Right. <laughs> Which, um, and I... I do like uh, Desert... That's probably my second favorite song on this record. Uh-huh. Um, Desert um, Searching for Technology. Desert Search. Um, and then we get into Valenzo de Mestica. Right? Yep. Which is... It's in Italian. The yeah. fir- the, uh, the Desert Search for Techno Allah was in Arabic yeah. for the most part. This one's in Italian. And it, it seems like it's a story. Like a- it is. It's actually... <laughs> I went through and uh, like Google translated it. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> and... It's pretty messed up. Like it's it's basically a script for like a domestic abuse uh, scenario. Yeah, and if you were to, we'll get into that. Yeah, um, yeah, I whatever. It's got it's heavy metal sounds, not heavy metal, but sounds of clinking and in uh yeah. In, this one has like a horror movie yeah. soundtrack. It's got it a opens redo in it. Yeah, <laughs> it opens with uh like swords scraping together. It's yeah. got like. Mouth harp sounds. It's got an accordion. It's got a didgeridoo, which the boing boing sound you're hearing. Yeah, it's um, um, and also uh, I, I wrote down tells a story with a question mark and then underlined. It sure does. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> not at, a fun story. Yeah, at the end, there's whispering wet. <laughs> oh, the the first the, ASMR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like you have this wet uh, Italian with nothing else going on, just whispering. Yeah, you like hear like his uh like lips smacking together yeah it's so uncomfortable and so then we get the after school special which probably is a continuation of this song yeah you get two songs about like domestic violence in yeah a row, and it's i remember like, i asked you huh. i asked you nowadays there'd be a trigger warning at the beginning of of that song yeah for sure because uh it it's basically about child abuse pretty much yeah like like basically domestic abuse probably the father abusing oh, the mother because mm-hmm. it talks about how the mother protects me, how she's there when she needs to be there. Yeah, and there's the part about... Uh, bolstering his confidence, even though he doesn't believe it, you know? That yeah, sort of thing. hitting him. Yeah. Like, he gets hit so hard on the cheek, his mom felt it. Like, and they're, 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 they get, there's a beautiful, like, sounds in this song. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's just so fucked up. Right. Well, then it. Speaking of fucked up, it ends with that like weird chipmunk voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it sounds like he's touching me and. Yeah. Like, don't. Why are you tickling me? Yeah, and yeah. it's just like. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That that's that part and the part where he's like wetly whispering into the microphone. That's like those are the parts where I was like, just Chris, just go with it. Just yeah, 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 yeah. You're like stick with it, dude. It's ha- it like it, it just. That's kind of part of the album. It's it's weird. So um, then we get to sleep part three. Uh, phlegmatics. Yeah, phlegmatics, and it's got a 
pretty driving fast beat, but slow instrumentation. Yeah, it? it's almost like two songs yeah, like just mashed yeah. together. And uh, this is the, I was thinking, okay, well, the sleep is a big theme of this record. So are teeth. Yeah, it's teeth and sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they talk a lot about both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they talk about cracking teeth or you know, grinding teeth and. You know, everyone has that dream where they wake up and their teeth are fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, more fucked up than it should be, I guess, for some all people. The, all the sleep songs are written by the bass player who I think had... He must have had some issues with teeth and sleeping and so, stuff. So, I guess... I gotta say, um... You go. Hey! <laughs> Sorry from that pizza. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> so... The one of like the oldest interpretations of teeth like falling out or cracking is like sexual frustration. That's apparently like a, a big idea of like where it goes. Um, hmm. while you have it, uh, I have had teeth falling out dreams, teeth fucked up dreams, uh, dreams where I've pulled out chunks of teeth out of my mouth. Oh my god, but um, th- I don't think any of those times I was sexually frustrated. Um, I was over sexualizing anything, but um, <laughs> but uh, but all right, writing that down. Yeah. Overly sexual. Over over sex. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, uh, that was interesting. Uh, I do clench my jaw at night, but I don't have like. You stressed? Are you carrying stress in the jaw? Dude, I'm just a big ball of anxiety all the time. <laughs> you know, like like uh, yesterday, I was just stressed about the movie at time, but I got there way early. Right. Was, yeah. So, but um, yeah, uh, I'm a big ball of stress, but I. But I've wanted to live with it. Yeah. Uh, and moving on. Sleep 3, uh, <laughs> fine. It's, it's Yeah, it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. Like It starts out really strong, uh-huh. um, but the guitar part and the drum part like don't match up with oh, each other, and it, right. it makes it kind of a challenging listen. And now we get to one of the most interesting songs on the record. Mamishka Mosquaz, yeah, which and- I, I force you to look at the original lyric sheet for for a reason. Because yeah. you saw it, and yeah. you were like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, it's... it's uh, The best we can describe it is, if you ever looked at Da Vinci's original <laughs> yeah. shit, it's got all this shit, it's like, almost indecipherable. I know that Mike Patton can read it. No, he can't. Oh, he can't. It was written by the guitar player. Oh, wow! So, <laughs> oh, my God! At some point, you need to listen to the demo version of okay. this. Because Mike Patton gives up halfway through. Uh-huh. The song's still going, and he's like, you cannot... This is in the recording, saying, you cannot hand this to the fucking singer. <laughs> like, he's yelling at the guitar player, like, what is this? Well, it's, what are you giving me? It's insane. This it's, whole song is insane. Um, and This got, like, of course, all kinds of instruments. Xylophone, among others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah among other this things. one is... So all over the place. Alien the... language. Also, festive, even. Yeah. In, in <laughs> celebratory. Festive. And again, Danny Elfman influence, I feel like. Oh, or, so or, Danny Elfman or, on this song. Or Danny Elfman, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an insane song. And it's the most interesting song on the record. Yeah, I recommend, if you're listening to it, if you're going to listen to any song on this album, listen to this one. But look at the lyric sheet. Um, it's on Genius. I'm sure you can like Google yeah, it. Yeah, Genius.com, guys, if you don't know what that is. It's kind of an amazing site. It has all the words you want to, and annotations by who wants to write them. Yeah, which means often they are wrong. Yeah, it's 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 like Wikipedia, but unchecked. Yeah, <laughs> Wikipedia for lyrics, but yeah. they have pictures of the original lyric sheet, and like yeah. following along with that is, is like you can see how it kind of makes yeah. sense from there. Yeah. But it's crazy that it wasn't improvised. Like somebody wrote yeah, this. Yeah, wrote this down. Like yeah, and he was Mike Pad was more like, okay, we have to make this work somehow. Yeah, but. Um, 
the false ending. Did oh, it scare you? Yes, it did. It scares me every I'm like, time. Oh, it's not over. <laughs> That's how I felt. Because it, it fades out, uh-huh. and you get the like five seconds of silence, and then he just screams into the microphone, <laughs> and the song starts up again. <laughs> it scares me every time, and I listen to this a lot. Let's bring the to the bins now. I want to preface this is that when I was in elementary school, Bell and Elementary, my music teacher made us listen to Peter and the Wolf a thousand times. Uh-huh. And this is kind of like that. This is this is kind of Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a story. Yeah. About, uh, if you were to follow what Genius says about a diver descending, a uh, careless diver, and he comes up and gets the bends. Yeah. Um, this is split into how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eleven, yeah, something like they're all really short. Yeah, though. they're all like thirty seconds, forty seconds, somewhere a minute, but they're all different stages of the story. Yep, um, it's I, it's almost like a it has almost kind of like a parade yeah. feel to yeah. it. Oh like, yeah, like here's this section, and then a little bit comes on. And yeah, the, oh, there are lots now. of instruments in this. Also, I I I call this ambitious. Yeah, well, I think. From what I can gather, the story behind this one is they came back together to start writing songs for the second Mr. Bungle album, and this is what Mike Patton came back with after touring with Faith No More. <laughs> so I'm not sure how many other people are on this these actual songs. Like it might just be Mike Patton doing stuff like on the road, messing around, like hotel room recordings, and like, oh, uh-huh. here's a Mr. Bungle song. Okay, which is why it I, I feel like it's a lot different from the rest of the album. Yeah, it is. It is definitely different. Ten minute song. Oh yeah. That, so. Uh, and I stuck with it. I mean, I, I am, I am the type of person that will stick with a song no matter how long it is. Right. Yeah. It's a long one. Yeah. Uh, it took me a long time to appreciate this song. Um, I, I feel like you guys gotta listen to shit. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, Whether you like it or not, yeah. I feel like this is an album. Like, you probably need to just experience this. Yeah. Oh at yeah, some at least point. once. Yeah. Um, then we get to the next song, Backstroking, which about jerking off. <laughs> yeah, it's a music song. Uh, it's I feel like this is like a resolution to the bends. Yeah, <laughs> like the bends like ends with just like really loud and doing this stuff, and then it's like okay, here's some reprieve. Yeah, yeah, here, here just smile. A bit. <laughs> I actually for the longest time thought this song was the last part of. The oh bends. yes, about uh, stroking your dick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is where some of that juvenile hu- humor from the original album kind of like creeps back in. Back stroking. Yep, and it sounds like it does. It sounds like elevator music. Oh, all I want is to go jerking it, music. Yep, <laughs> that's and what that's, it's about. That's all it's about. And so here's the song. Platypus' next song, and that which was, was cut. Yeah, which is cut from the I, vinyl version. Yeah, and so um, I mean, it's about the W platypus. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, the the lyrics keep getting more and more exaggerated about the platypus. Yeah, like you I get see. a brain of a dolphin can be seen driving a forklift in his habitat of kelp. And that, it, fit, it sounds like um, a nature documentary, but fucked up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At that point, like... Because that's how the singing... Yeah. The singing, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. in big quotes. It's like he's just kind of narrating yeah, Pat, an unseen Yeah, Patton going nuts in this song. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so much going on. Um, there's a fucked clarinet, which... Uh, uh, I need to talk about the clarinet for a second. Yeah. Um, there is a guy named Jeremiah Zimmerman. Um my buddy loves Jeremiah Zimmerman. Uh-huh. I hate Jeremiah Zimmerman because <laughs> all that clarinet playing sounds just like that, and he's a clarinet guy. Right. <laughs> um, I had now, I'm, Jared. I'm sorry for listening. It's funny to talk about it. So we went on a road trip from Dallas to Reno when I lived in Texas. How long did that drive? Two days. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I saw the most beautiful scenery I've ever seen. 
on that drive because we went back through California in Death Valley. Nice. Uh, Death Valley. These guys are from California. Oh well. Um, <laughs> so on the on the last, with by the way, we've been the road on the road for two. Like I'm ready to get the fuck home. Right. The last hour and a half, I was listening to this clarinet nice, <laughs> and it sounded just like this. Just so fucked up and atonal, and I was like. God, just give me the fuck home. And uh, they brought me back to that. It's part of this song. <laughs> Probably not the place both, you wanted to both be. Both me and Leah, we were just losing our damn minds. We were just like, let's get home. I think I think after that, we drove home in complete silence and went to bed. Because <laughs> uh, we left from his apartment. But the trip was memorable. And I, good. Jared's still my good, good friend. And he knows how I feel. <laughs> so, uh, But Pipe was some fun song. Which brings us to the last song on the record. Yeah, Merry Go yep. Bye Bye. Which is my favorite song on this whole album. A beat song about death, suicide, martyrdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you... Uh, and Satanism. And all, kinds all kinds of stuff. Of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but... but uh, So, the first 30 minutes is kind of... It's it's kind of like, you know, music. And then... it's uh, No, I feel like it's got like a 50s rock yeah, yeah. bop Okay, yeah, it's happy. And then it. a minute and 38 seconds in... It goes heavy. It just goes, it just hits you. Yeah. It just, there's no lead up to it like you got in Carrie Stress in the Jaw mm. where you get that little bit of yeah. like metal riffage over the solo. No, it's it goes just straight to death metal. Yeah. It's like chaos. I wrote all cops, chaos. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what you hear a minute, 38 seconds into this song. Yeah, and in this, they're like, you know what? We had a sax solo before. Yeah. What if we just did a noise solo? Yeah, and I also, I put, I put great 90s toy sounds because there's a lot of, like, what sounds like, you know, if you get like a toy gun or like a laser gun. Oh, like, yeah. That's what you hear a lot of in this song. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and even, even through other tracks, but like, they... Probably had the most fun fucking with those little synthesizers with the <laughs> yeah. wires you plug in, you know? Um, yeah. What? Uh, so they hit a part in this song where it's almost like a surf thing. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. It's my favorite part of the song. Yeah. Um, but it, when Mr. Bungle hits a groove, yeah. they hit a groove. And there's that part. And they ride it. They and ride it's it. so good. And then, and then like, uh, after the that, that chaos part. Well, one, my favorite yeah. thing happens in the chaos okay. part. Okay is they build up this crazy wall of noise uh-huh. and they let it rest for so long that it's like you get anxious with this noise yeah. and they resolve it with death metal. <laughs> and it's like, who's resolving like anxiety with death metal? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's they did it though. And it's <laughs> great. And then uh, after that, you get a little pre with this heavenly synth sound. Yep. Uh, uh, about suicide, which it's it's like a a reprise yeah. of the like original lyrics. Yeah. Where they're like slowed down. He's got like an almost kind of like angelic vibe. Yeah, and um, that's how it kind of ends with this beautiful noise. It ends on a Beach Boys chord. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I won't, now uh, there is a sort of quote unquote secret track. It's like well, yeah, a hidden track. Okay, which. I don't like this part. I gave you the option yeah. not to listen to this part. I did, though. At I'm this not, point, we like, were so far into it. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm not cutting this short. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, it's just people messing around in the studio, like, kicking stuff around. I think purposely trying to be annoying. Mm-hmm. I think this might be a parody of, like, outro tracks, which okay. were prominent, ubiqu- ubiquitous in the 90s. Yeah. Is they were, they were everywhere. Everyone had an outro. So it's like, okay, here's your outro, your hidden thing, and it's annoying, and it's frustrating, and 
I'm even more frustrated that they cut Platypus so they could keep <laughs> this on there, which is longer than Platypus would be. Yeah. Like, you could cut this because it is literally nothing. Just the fucking around. There's, like, they're... They're punishing like, people who wait for a hidden track. Yeah, also, it sounds like the, what they're doing is they're just throwing shit around in the <laughs> Throw, Yeah, Throwing so, shit around, they're yelling. Yeah, just screwing curse words because they can do that. Yeah, because <laughs> Which, they're on a major label, yeah, yeah. they can do that. Yeah, I feel like they did stuff like, like uh, Warner Brothers, like, give us a record, like, here you go, and they're like, what is this? They're like, this is our new record. Yeah. Because it says produced by Mr. Bunkle. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't hire a producer for this. They no. just did it themselves. Ugh. Okay. Um... So that was Mr. Bungle. That was Disco Volante. And, uh, guys, just experienced this at least once. So, uh, this brings me to my <laughs> This record. is my, oh, if we, if we're still doing ratings, yeah. this is my favorite Mr. Bungle album. Oh, it is? Okay. It is. Um. What's your second favorite? Probably, probably California. Okay. Which, the, in that one, they do less genre mm-hmm. switching. In that one, they're like, they kind of stick to a sound for a whole song. Okay. But they do some really good really cool stuff it's worth checking out if this was too chaotic for you mm-hmm. and if you kind of just want juvenile humor and go back to kind of that uh new metal ska funk sound yeah. early red hot chili peppers kind of sound listen to their first okay. one so uh, what do you I, got okay so this is one i want to say that's completely different much more structured but when i think about dynamic i can't think of a better record than uh fugazi's the argument the argument. The argument. So cool. the record, the last record they released back in two thousand one. Uh, now, if you guys don't know who Fugazi is, they are probably huh, they are one of the most influential bands that come out of punk rock ever. Um, I feel like every every band just likes Fugazi. Oh yeah, or every, every good band at least likes Fugazi. Yeah, and um, so if they're they're they can start in eighty seven. They uh, they have a, a business. That, Business ethic, which is they don't charge more than ten dollars to get into a show ever. Good. Um, despite two thousand one, and they don't charge. They don't sell T-shirts. They don't sell merchandise. They just sell their music. Um, so if you see someone wearing a Fugazi shirt, they didn't license that. That's something the person <laughs> bought online themselves. Uh huh. Um, and they are also they're DIY to the core. Good. Uh, Discord. They they are the person who wrote the book in DIY. Discord is. Uh, the lead singer, the one of the lead singers, um, Ian McKay, uh, was in Mind of the Threat, and everyone's heard of Mind of the Threat. Um, yeah, they did like what, like an album? Yeah, an album, <laughs> and everyone knows who the fuck they are. Yeah, uh, I went. They one of the guys from it went off to be in Bad Religion. Um, oh damn! Uh, and um, they are my favorite band. Um, if someone says your top three favorite bands, Fugazi's cons- consistently in that in that group. I got into them when I was 12 years old. I found uh, the record on the Kill Taker at a Barnes and Noble, <laughs> <laughs> and I. Uh, it was the first. It was the first record I remember hearing ugly sounds on and getting it. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a band that made me love uh, ugly sounds, and we talked about how much we like ugly sounds. I love it. I, I think ugly sounds are interesting because everybody's doing beautiful sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like give me some kind of. Uh, Discordant chord. Right. Give me something, something weird. So I'm, I'm gonna go through the members of this game. Dan. Yeah. So there's a uh, Gipichero. Um, you've heard his work on all. He's a producer now. So if you think of the Blood Brothers, he's done some stuff with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Mackay, uh, Joe Alley, Brendan Canty, uh, and they. 
if you you'll hear influences of tons of other shit f- from them. Uh huh. And with bands who've heard Fugazi, <laughs> um, their first their first couple records are kind of dub reggae, sort of punk mixed together. Oh, cool! Uh, this, well, that sounds my like my kind of thing. Yeah, this is actually more like art art rock, I guess, the best way. Like they moved. They're this is my favorite record of them. Uh huh. Um, look at that. Yeah, take a take a look. Uh, they they uh, they man, it's hard to talk about Fugazi because there's so much to say. Okay, so oh, you need a chance of how serious they are. Uh-huh. Um, they get mad at audiences for moshing. Oh, class like Mars Volta. Yeah, Mars Volta. <laughs> well, they're like they're like you're gonna hurt someone sort of, sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's that's what they do. Uh, they are they play on usual venues. They make everything make sure it's all ages everything. Okay. Um, and uh, of course Fugazi and Minor Threat are known for their ethics of being straight edge. Uh, they are a straight edge band. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And of course, Ian Mackay is the guy who coined the term stretch, and he didn't even really think that it was going to be like he didn't maybe mean to start a movement. <laughs> right? People just took what he did and they went melting with it. Um. So of course, the if anyone's fighting, they have a envelope backstairs to kick up people who are fighting, slam dancing. Uh huh. And they kick them out and give them money back in the envelope. They already have envelopes backstage for it. <laughs> um. And uh, whenever you see them live. The, everything's improvised. Every set listens improvised. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't, so just kind of whatever they want to play at that moment. Yeah, yeah. Play it. A lot of times they'll move into it seamlessly. Sometimes it's a real disaster. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you can go online on the Discord website. You can buy probably if you want to seven hundred shows that they've recorded. Because every crap. single show they've done, they've recorded, and I have two of them. Nice uh, from from their most recent tour. Uh, I got them in an envelope from Discord. <laughs> uh, and I, it's it's hard for me to talk about. I'm going to go straight real quick through the records. They had um, uh, their first one, sort of, it's called 13 Songs, but it's really the Fugazi EP and the Marjorie Walker EP put in one disc. Uh-huh. And everyone's heard Waiting Room. That's the song that everyone knows. It's off that. Okay. First song off it. And I... Dun, 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 dun. But it, uh, <laughs> and then they released Repeater. Uh, I think I've listened to Repeater. Repeater's great. Um, so it... So the first record they have Gipio Bikio, he's not playing guitar. He's just doing shit like Beastie Boys would do, like, oh yeah, like in the background, like, oh, you know? And then in the Taking second, up the flavor flavor. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like saying, I do, and shit like that, like through that whole first record, it's ridiculous, right? And then and the repeater comes out and he's playing guitar and then, then you hear his actual voice. Uh-huh. Uh, and this is repeaters when the band sort of becomes a real band to me. Right. Uh Say Die Nothing, which is the most this is probably the of all the records, the most shittily mixed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. In on the Kill Taker was the first record I had of theirs, and uh, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, Red Medicine, which is... I could have picked that for this record, uh-huh. for this, but I don't have it on vinyl, and I don't really like it that much. Oh, listen to albums you like. Yeah. In Hits, which is uh, 98, and then in 2001, October 16th, 2001, The Argument. I got in the Fuzzy around 1999, 2000, uh-huh. so I... Dude, got at the tail end, and I'm still kicking myself and not being able to see them live because I never got to. Oh, bummer! And I don't know if they're able to do it again because it's been it's been it's been almost twenty years since this record came out. <laughs> but uh, the argument, uh, I I can't I don't want to talk too much about it without listening to it. But it's a it's a rock record. Okay. Um, it's dynamic. It's got many different sounds in it. Um, 
it's every song is distinctive too and that's also a thing like for example we listen to Japan Droids so last time we did a show uh, last time we recorded and those all sort of fell into the same mold right they were all kind of they I were celebrations yeah songs. I don't get this from this record I don't I think every song is distinctive okay um, and that's also why I picked it also I went through I went through looked into our show record shelf and I couldn't quite um, think of Kitchen Sink I do a runner up yeah, and, hit me uh, with your runner-up. Uh, it's called. It's by the band Girls, called uh, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Um, it's uh, it's got everything from Roy Orbison's sounds to Elvis Costello sounds uh-huh. <laughs> to it. And uh, I didn't pick it because I don't think it's as good as records. The argument is, um, this is probably one of my favorite records. Yeah, if, uh, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, so um, top ten, uh, and again, this could be you know, thirteen uh, year old Chris or fifteen year old Chris saying this is the best record, but I listen to it pretty regularly. At least <laughs> once a month. I go through the argument. Current age Chris is saying it's yeah, the best yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so um, it's called Fugazi's. It's the argument. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. And uh, you can go on Spotify and listen to it. Or if you're, you can order from Discord website for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. They still, you know, they're still punk rock, so they sell their vinyl for 15 bucks maybe. That's nice. Yeah. I like when bands do that because... Yeah, you get a lot that are like it's thirty five dollars for a, yeah, a single disc. Thanks, and it's Tim like, Paula. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why I don't own a lot of their stuff. Oh, Tim Paula, like I bought Currents on vinyl, and uh, I I bought it thinking okay at least it'd be a download code so I can listen to this on the go. This was before Spotify, by the way. <laughs> this is like I don't know, seven years ago, uh-huh. or when it, Currents when it first came out, right? And um, I emailed the their company saying I, I wouldn't have bought this when it would be. 35 bucks from the download code and they sent me they actually sent me the record in, in digital form oh wow but yeah <laughs> I was like it's like Jesus fucking thanks I guess yeah uh, but this is guys the argument uh, we have 10 seconds and then we'll be back so that was Fugazi's the argument that was awesome okay so uh, I want to tell you the first things about this record this came out in October 16th 2001 Okay. So this was a month after 9-11. And uh, somehow they described the political climate at that time, and even closer to now, strangely accurate. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like the political climate really hasn't changed that much. In, since since what, then, in, at least. What's it been, 19 years yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I was in high school. I was a junior in high school when it happened. I was and, in middle school. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed a huge change in the way things were run after that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I was... Like, people people have said that the generational split now is pre-9-11, post-9-11. It, it was the uh, easily the biggest event to change culture in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I, like, honestly, I, I can look at records and say, I looked at say to people, or my brother at least, pre-9-11. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, comedy routines, even, like, about airport security. Obviously, George Collins... Uh, about the uh, too much security at the airport pre nine eleven right uh, Mr Bungle's disco volante yeah pre nine eleven <laughs> yeah but um this um this can't I uh, this record means a lot to me mm-hmm. and I don't know if it means a lot to a lot of people but it's uh, to me it's gonna be for you guys the last record like I don't think they'll come out with another one no um and uh and f- let's just start from s- the whole let's just start from the beginning of this we can uh I mean. 
this uh, album just as a whole is probably going to be in my rotation oh, yeah. now like it's just like all right Ooh, sorry i'm dropping stuff um i'm gonna listen to this a lot yeah. now like it was really good uh it's really good for kind of like fall winter yeah. listening it's got that kind of like I felt like it kind of almost had like a melancholic, oh yeah, this like old modest mouse vibe. Yeah, this is kind a, of this is a a, a record in the key of my own minor key. You know? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> uh, so the first starts with the intro is just noise and sort of uh, static and like it's a cool intro. Yeah, yeah. And then we get to the first song, Cash Up. Yeah, I think it is a really, really good drum beat. Oh yeah, ba- uh, the thing I always love for Guzzi, and they've always done this is the bass lines never doing the same thing with guitars. Uh. Uh-uh. Um, never. It's just, it's there to, it's there as a backbeat, and they, they just, they color it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, the cash out's about gentrification, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's... And also, like, uh, eminent domain type stuff for capitalism, like, taking things away from other people. I don't know if you can tell, Fugazi, anti-capitalist. Right. (laughs) Um, uh, this song has... The first, when it comes to classic Fugazi Obi sounds, uh-huh. but they, interesting enough, they miss it with orchestra, if you could hear that. Yeah, there's like a little bit. Everybody wants, and you get dun dun. Yeah, and so. A little bit of cello in there. Yeah, a little bit of cello, a little bit of a high violin. And mm-hmm. then, and so, but that, 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 squall, that squall you heard, that's classic Fugazi. Like, like you'll hear that in every Fugazi record. Uh, after stage dive nothing right at the very least um but i i liked they kind of had this vibe of like the whole album was decently simple yeah like nobody was really sitting there kind of like ripping on the guitar or really ripping on anything but it was pretty powerful like it was all really really good stuff yeah but very like just simple they they got the most out of what they were playing yeah um moving on to full disclosure this song has a the whole time, yeah, which uh, I tried to play, and it's fucking impossible. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, don't, I love like held single notes. Yeah, I don't yeah. like moving a lot and yeah. just kind of sitting there like so it's, pick it. it's shrieking. It kind of, and you know, I want, I want that part at the beginning. I, the lyric book made me laugh because it says I want, and then in parentheses says like times a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, it, that that song it's. That song's basically about anxiety. Uh-huh. And sort of having to keep secrets when you shouldn't be having to keep secrets. Um, and it, I said it sounds like a Jesus Lizard. <laughs> have you ever listened to Jesus Lizard? Yeah, I have heard of it, yeah. Well, if you haven't listened to Jesus Lizard, it sounds like full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool song, um, especially when it comes together at the end of the verse. Oh, it's yeah. A, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> It's this whole album was just super super cool. It was like, super tight too. Like like uh, like you can tell us the band that's played together for twenty years. You know. Like, yeah, but it also like it has the tightness and a lot of kind of like weird turns in it. Uh huh. But the turns never really sound unnatural. Yeah. Like it almost sounds like jammy, but mm-hmm. like they've kind of captured this. They captured the like, thesis of a jam and put it together. Yeah. Like, somehow, <laughs> like they somehow made it sound jammy. Without it actually being like jammy, yeah. And then we move to my favorite second song on the record. I think yeah, problem. I think this was my second favorite. Um, so th- here's the interesting part. So y- the chorus goes accessory, accessory, accessory. Mm-hmm. Uh, on genius, it's a, it's a charade. It says what? It's a charade. It's a charade. Oh. Now and I heard it when I listened to it, and now I, if that's true, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Like like that 
that um that we were able to get the double meaning out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe there's parts where they're saying accessory. Maybe they switch it in with it's a charade. Yeah, and just kind of. Yeah, and this is uh, I guess you could call it a heavy song, right? <laughs> it's pretty heavy. I wrote it's art punk. Yeah, it is art punk, and that's exactly what people call it. You see, thinking man's punk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a song just about illusion, um, about uh, working stiffs like me. Mm-hmm. Who go to work and do these things for production, but I'm just utterly oblivious to what the real meaning of things are happening, mm-hmm. the, and basically the bad things that are happening. Right. Yeah. No. Problem's a great song. Uh, apparently, it's been in the repertoire for ten years, but they when they did this song with the record, that last verse came in and brought it all together. Yeah. The um, the like epic problem part just sounds like a whole other song. Yeah. Like just like another song happened halfway through this song. But it sort of sums up the rest of it. Yeah, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was cool. It had like a little breakdown part that like for 15 seconds I was like, this sounds like shellac. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. That was my second favorite on the whole album. Then we get to Life Alone. Which is my favorite on the whole album. The guitar line in this, the whole of it, is amazing. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... I actually wrote, uh, I go on, I go, this favorite song on record that I like to win. Maybe this song is my favorite song. Wait, I wrote favorite so far on Epic Problem and then legitimately wrote, maybe this is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, hold on. Maybe I like this one. So, uh, I mean, going through this is just, it's, it's uh, basically satirized people who glorify hurting, pain, suffering, and rage. Mm-hmm. And it has something that's, Notoriously unused in every song I can think of, hand claps. Clap, clap tracks are great when they're done right. Yeah. Sometimes they're overused. Yeah, but they did it like perfectly. It yeah. didn't overstay its welcome. It was there. It was there to me twice the whole song. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't overdo your hand claps. Um, I I have tried to play this song on guitar, and to me, it is impossible. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this song is also like super different from the what three songs that came before yeah that's it. what's not dynamic like, like yeah like you're gonna notice each song because it stands out in its own way it really does like there's no song on here that sounds like another song on here but yeah. they all sound like fugazi yeah and that's like, what, it's, it's a really cool and that's what i was thing. trying to get with kitchen sink like 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 each song is distinct yeah and so and each has a different completely different feel i mean i get that vibe from this okay. album and then we get to the kill sung by the bass player he didn't sing a lot um mm-hmm. this is the first slow burn song on the record um, I feel like it opens with almost like a dub influence. Yeah, I get that. Too. I listen to a lot of dub. I don't like reggae, but I love dub. <laughs> like, it turns out the only thing you needed to make reggae good was to make it super experimental. <laughs> and I think they picked up on the dub influence, and it's really cool. And they've been doing that since they started playing music. Dub, yeah, dub's dub, cool. Yeah. Uh, it ha- I keep, I'm going to keep coming back to it because this is my point of reference, uh-huh. is a lot of this is very Modest Mousy. Yeah, yeah. Which... I don't think they're like ripping each other off in any way, but just kind of like interesting guitar things, like a bit of like melancholy, interesting guitar stuff. This one I think sounded very, very modest mousy. But I also wrote this song specifically. I was just like, holy shit, this is a cool album. Yeah. Like at this point, I was like, I'm in. I'm 100% into this album. From the kill on, it gets kind of spooky. Uh huh. Um, the kill is a spooky song. It's about basically, it sounds like it's about military. Like mm-hmm. military sort of. Once you become part of it, what it does to you. Yeah. Talking about, um, uh, you know, uh, getting in that uniform, uh, w- 
you know, obtain a degree in Annihilation, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which was probably the coolest song of the line of the record, honestly. Um, it's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of cool. And X Files whistling in it. <laughs> I I liked the whistling. Yeah. A lot of a lot of songs also don't really have a lot of whistling on it. Whistling and hand claps. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also, uh, Sodium Pentothal feeding his truth serum. That's what I assumed it was. Yeah, yeah. Like it was one of those like I've heard that enough. Yeah. That I'm pretty sure that's what it is, but I didn't look it up. Yeah. And then we get to Strange Light, another spooky song. Is it Strange Light or Strang Blight? Strange Light. Okay, because they wrote Strang Blight in the lyrics. <laughs> okay. That makes sense to me a little bit. Yeah, Strange Light there. Doesn't it look like Strang Blight? It, yeah, it does look like that. It, it does say that. Strang Blight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's Strange Light. Um, uh, what do you think of that song? Um, I think the last... Uh, this was the song that I got too into that I forgot to take too many notes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the first note I took was for the last bit that says, like, the come on over part. Yeah. I was like, oh, this sounds like pinback. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really like, at the very end of the song, like, a lot of it just kind of, like, dissolves away. Like, it's uh-huh. not like a fade out. It's yeah. just kind of people kind of stop playing or they start playing less. Yeah. And they do a lot of really cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not a fade out. It's people just stop. Yeah. Like, like, like someone walks away and then the, the other people keep going. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have a lot of notes for this song because yeah. I got too into it. <laughs> it's a it's a strange song. It really is a weird song. It's a strange um, light. Yeah. It's it and the way I got from it is now it's like sort of like it's a it's a um, manifesto on on climate change. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking about climate yeah. change has consistently been a problem. It's yeah. not a 2019, <laughs> yeah. 2020 problem. Yeah. It has been something that is consistently an issue. Yeah, and it you know talks about people living underground and how the sun scars everything. Yeah. Which also reminds me of the Matrix a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a post-apocalyptic song, get your shoes on, get your feet on, baby. Yeah. Come on over. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way that Guy says that, Guy who sing the song, it just sounds so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get to my least favorite song on the record called... Hey, it's also my least favorite. And oh. that was the only note I took on it, was this is yeah. my least favorite song. So it's... it's it, it, And really the only thing that redeems the song to me is the last minute and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's about the dot combo bursting, which it burst long ago for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last... The verse four and on is when it finally takes shape for me. And all the other is I'm just like, get the fucking... You know. Yeah, I didn't. I thought the singing was kind of annoying. Yeah, um, yeah I gotcha, I gotcha. That's my least favorite song on the record. Yeah, I just. Overall, the song wasn't great, whether it's not relevant anymore or. Uh, yeah, just the music itself was kind of irritating to me. Yeah, and sort of. I want to see pretentious a bit, even. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe they're they're Luddites and they're just like, we hate the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2001. The internet hasn't taken over everything yet. Now we get to X Spectator. Which is a great song. I love the song. It had a really so, the long drum intro really I think brings it in because it's oh yeah and uh, this is the, uh, this record they actually had two percussionists. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So I was wondering before I knew that like, how the fuck is Brendan doing that? He's <laughs> just a really good drummer. <laughs> yeah. Did um, this song have a different singer on it? Uh, they had it just uh just Ian. He sang Cash Out and uh, an Epic Problem. Okay, because yeah. just this one I was listening to it like. Was distinctly thinking like this sounds so different from anyone else singing on this album. So I don't know if he put on like a different voice. Yeah, or... it's he's definitely angrier. Right. <laughs> this song is. I mean, the song by guys. It's a guy who, despite seeing all he sees around him, 
is only focused on himself. Right. Uh, just again, just disillusionment. Just, just being that, that blind. And you know, he's too interested in his kick-ass bass hook. Yeah, that he the, wrote for this song. Yeah, yeah. This, this song is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's like another heavy song in the vein of Epic Problem, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it's our punk again. Like there's yeah, no, yeah. there's nothing in this record that sounds like anything you hear on the radio. No, or, or even really like in like a punk album. Yeah. I remember when I first checked out Fugazi, I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna hear some like weird punk. Yeah. And then I listened to whatever album I listened to and was like, oh wow, I do not like this. And that was when I was in like my hardcore punk oh, yeah. only phase. Yeah, you just listen to subhumans or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta listen to oh god what was it? It was like Dead Kennedys and the Casualties Only. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> Fresher for Ryan Vegetable is still a great record. I mean, Dead Kennedys are great. Yeah, they're great, right? Yeah. If fucking anyone says otherwise. I saw a tweet or something today that was like, age 15, Dead Kennedys are right about everything. Age 22, well, maybe things are more complex. Uh, and then it's like, age 35, Dead Kennedys are right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Expectator is a great song. I highlight the record. And then we get the Night Shop. Um... Again, didn't really get safe for me till the end of this song. I thought this song was really cool. I thought it had a really good... I was like, oh, the intro guitar is really cool. And then I was super stoked and that intro guitar was the main guitar hook. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll get the whole album, the whole song of this. And then at some point, it just switches like, oh, here's some acoustic guitars. Yeah, at the end. And it's yeah. like, where did like, you get like acoustic 50s, guitars? 50s Kumbaya with drums or yeah. something. Um, it, uh, this song's about false advertising uh-huh. and... Handclaps in the song. It, I wrote clap track. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to say clap trap because I'm playing Borderlands. Yeah, yeah, three. Oh, oh you're, playing, you're playing Borderlands two right now. Three, three. Okay. So I keep saying clap trap, but when I, if you ever hear me say yeah. clap trap, I mean clap track. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm playing anything on Switch right now. Uh-huh. I'm playing Luigi Mansion. So I'm, not <gasps> I'm so jealous. Uh, one day, man. <laughs> uh, but then we get to the the argument, the titular track, the thesis even. Yeah. Uh, this song, this whole record's a. Ian says anti-war manifesto, and honestly, I get most of my politics from Fugazi. Like, oh yeah. yeah, I get my politics from Dead Kennedys. Yeah. So um, I uh, I uh, am anti. I'm staunchly anti-violence. Oh yeah, uh, in every turn of the aspect. But then I sometimes listen to Refuse, and I'm like, let's burn it all down. <laughs> but um, but Fugazi, like they they have influenced me in the way I think, the way I think about politics, and even and I, I don't like to say it. But, but I, I when I was fifteen, dude, I I I followed the election. You know, yeah. like, I followed all that shit, and I and to that to this day, I still. If my brother asked me who do I think is going to win this primary, right. I can say it. But well, Fugazi seems to think yeah, this guy. Yeah, will. yeah, yeah. Ian says this. <laughs> uh, no, but um, no. This song is uh, the piece of the record. And it's more relevant, especially in these past couple months. Oh yeah, past couple weeks even. Than ever, you know, like how did the difference become a disease? Yep, that was this song was when I started writing down like lyrics. Like yeah. the whole album has some pretty good lyrics, but yeah. this song specifically had "How did a difference become a disease?" Uh-huh. which I loved, and then uh, "I'm on a mission to never agree." Yeah, yeah, and uh, if you, the end of the uh, chorus it says "fodoral." Uh-huh. That's a different word for bullshit. It's oh, like, really? It's a Dickens word, Charles Dickens word. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, good. Wow, yeah. they read books. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the argument. Um, it's my in my terms of Fugazi records, it's either one or two. It switches between between that and you know the Killtaker. Uh huh. Number three is Repeater. 
Number four is uh, Red Medicine. Number five, Stay Day Nothing. And then number five, which is 13 songs, which I'm counting as a record. Right. Um, and a lot of people would say 13 songs is their favorite, but it's number five for me because if you guys have a whole lot more, whole lot more to offer. Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, I... I am probably going to spend a lot more time exploring Fugazi now just yeah. by, because of how interesting this was. Like, yeah, was... like, you go on Spotify or something, they're going to show you something completely different that's not the most interesting thing about Fugazi. Right, um, and I because I think a lot of people view them just as, like, a punk band, so yeah. they're going to listen to their more punk songs. There will be a time when I pull out on um, Kill Taker and I listen to, I listen to it. Um, it is, like, like I said, every Fugazi record is different. Uh-huh. This is different than on the Kill Taker, and... Uh, they're uh, legendary in my mind. They're they are top notch. They are. They the, are. They're one hundred percent a legendary band. Yeah, yeah I, like a lot of people will also say they're musicians, musician, their bands, band. You know. Yeah, and I I love those bands. I think Mr. Bungle is also oh one hundred percent musicians yeah. band. Yeah, they're bands band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like a musician to listen to Mr. Bungle because they find that shit interesting. Right. Um, and I think for you guys it the same way. I think a lot of the bands that. I guess you and I listen to it the same way because I don't want to say we're musicians, but we are. Yeah. We, we spend time writing. I think songs. I'm a musician. Yeah, I, I would kind of call myself that. Yeah, um, you own a guitar. I see I, your I see your stuff. Yeah, I've I got listened delay. to things you've recorded. I got my big muff and my delay pedal and all that <laughs> shit over there. Um, and I I used to be in a punk band. I was in punk band for t- fucking six years. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Now I have all, I play those just all the time. <laughs> um, and so I feel like. I don't want to sound pretentious here, but us. No, as a, please do. Okay, of course, do it. Us as musicians, we hear things that the people wouldn't hear, or find things interesting that the people wouldn't necessarily pick up on. Yeah. And so, I, I'm get. I look at your record shelf, and I don't hear any of that shit on the radio. No. Same here. You look at my record shelf, you might hear it on Sirius XM some of it, <laughs> but uh. Well, I think a lot of what I search for when I'm listening to stuff is I kind of want. New sounds, new takes on things, mm-hmm. things like that. Because even even if I haven't listened to a lot of stuff mm-hmm. through, I don't know, social osmosis or something like <laughs> yeah. that, I feel like I've heard a lot of kind of the tropes. We've, and we've heard like Beatles. That. We've heard exactly. We and Bob Dylan to an extent. We've heard, but you hear like a Rolling Stone. But like uh, I, you go back in his back catalog, and there's so much shit that I listen to that still blows my mind. Like Desolation Row, I. Their songs back in that time, when it comes to the Beatles and Bob Dylan, they perfected some of Hey Jude, to my mind, perfect song. Yeah, Beatles have good songs. Yeah. I've gone back and listened yeah. to some Desolation of Desolation Row, to me, is a perfect song. Mm-hmm. Not to everyone, because it's a 12-minute song. Right. <laughs> but, but, uh... And just because I listen to music differently doesn't no. mean I think I'm better than oh, anyone yeah. else. We need to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, all it's... About, it's all about taste, for sure. Yeah, like, so it's not even pretentious, because I feel like pretentious would be like... You're wrong. I think I'm better than you because I listen to music the way I listen to music, and I think I'm correct. Yeah. I think I'm correct for me, but if you don't... I mean, I'm not going to say, like, oh, you you like the song you heard? Why don't you listen to Mr. Bungle? Why don't you listen to Fugazi? And it's like, no, because you're not going to get out of it but the I, same things I do. I think you're the same when it comes to listening to music. Um, if someone says they're a fan of the band, and, you're, and you, you know that band's coming out with a new record, and they're not excited about it, like, why aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. Like, like, shouldn't you be stoked about this? They're like, no, I really like this band. Do you really? <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm counting the days till this record shows up in the mailbox at the local record store. Why aren't you doing that? <laughs> yeah, 
But I don't know. That's just how we like to consume our music. Yeah. It's, we get excited about it, listen to like that. Some people listen to stuff more idly. Yeah. And it's that, it's that, however you want to yeah, do stuff. Yeah, it's it's and it took me a while to be that type of dude. It's like that's that's how you like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I spent a lot of high school being like, "You're stupid because you don't like the same music yeah. I do." Listen, to you listen to your it, stuff, but I, I had a hard time doing that with with the uh, music and movies. Mm-hmm. And now I've come to people just have different tastes, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's your it trip is a, my, your trip is your trip and. My trip is my trip too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a it's a subjective thing. Don't think that your taste in music is objectively correct. Yeah, I mean, even though they're wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my taste is objectively correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, I really, really, really fucking uh, appreciated your kitchen sink record. Good. I w- I was legitimately worried. I listened to it no, through dude, like three or four times this week, going like, "Fuck, am I gonna bring?" Mr. Bungle to this because he's gonna get halfway through this and just stare me down and be like, "I fucking hate you." Dude, 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 honestly, I'm I've been able to find something I like about the record you brought. Good. So, uh-huh. was that the most challenging thing I brought you, or was Swan still more? Swan challenging? still is because oh, I was laughing my ass off through half that. Record. Yeah, I think by saying, "Hey, this is supposed to be funny." Yeah, maybe showed my hand a little too yeah. much like if i had had you listen i'd be like no this is serious listen yeah. to this so i think i think the thing i challenged you most with is probably angel olsen but you probably found things like about that al mirrors oh yeah 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 and um i this is probably i honestly probably the easiest i went on you <laughs> i yeah no that this like super clicked with me yeah 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 i i can hear stuff now that i think oh i think ryan really liked this yeah so i, I so I, unless you're gonna use it for an album on here feel free to send it to me <laughs> yeah because if not i'm just gonna listen to mr bungle like i've listened through, through their discography four times this week because <laughs> <laughs> i was just like oh disco volante is good and then i'll listen to their other stuff so um it's my turn to draw from the hat it sure is uh so you're gonna draw for next week next episode's theme yeah um so dig in Spread, uh, around and... our hat is still made of paper yes it is we'll it's still a... written with hat and silver ink oh. yeah <laughs> okay so we are gonna call don't call it a comeback don't call it a comeback okay yeah and so these uh we'll talk about what that means next time but we'll call it don't call it a comeback that's our next uh next one and uh i got super cute with some of them so <laughs> yeah don't call it a comeback. Cool. Well, um, so that pretty much wraps yeah. up our episode... Eight. Episode eight, uh, uh, Kitchen Sink. What else do you got going on? I do a podcast called Movies That Don't Suck and Some That Do. Uh, we do two movies a week, generally new movies, and uh, this week, we just released episode 100. Yeah, which, which was your, like, top, movies of the year Yeah, stuff. we did Uncut Gems in top ten of the year. Top, well, top movies. We did top ten, five honorable mentions, and five worst. Um... Uh, but I saw me last night. We'll probably change it a bit. Oh, uh, we saw it. Yeah, last you and night. I saw 1917 last night. Holy fuck. That was awesome. Yeah, we'll get to that. I had someone complain to me today about we talked too much about movies on the music podcast. Oh, well. <laughs> we also like movies if eventually we'll start talking about video games. Be- well, maybe not. I don't need okay. to get it out here because I've got a video oh, yeah. game podcast yeah. called The Cool Mandana Guys. Yeah, and you guys are on Spotify now. We are. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just did our Game of the Year podcast, which... Part one and part two. <laughs> well, something happened where during the upload uh-huh. through the RSS feed, yeah. uh, we lost the middle section okay. of our talking, so we lost about two hours of stuff. Uh-huh. 
person who had the files deleted them after they uploaded them to the RSS feed. Why would they do that? <laughs> That's what we all asked. Was that Dash? Yep. Oh, come <laughs> Dash, on, we're calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there's still good stuff there. Yeah. Still, It's still in two parts. Um, but feel free to listen to how we feel about games. It's like kind of a roundtable discussion. Okay, so that you can find that just by searching Cool Bandana? Pretty much anywhere you can find Record Night. Okay. It's the same place as you can find so, cool, cool Bandana Guys. Cool Bandana Guys? Yep. And we still have the stuff they do. And I've got an album oh, hopefully yes. coming out yes. this month at some point. Smell? Smell? With yeah. a question mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the album is called UFO Not. Okay. Um, it's like four little songs were just a guitar and drum duo. And if you guys listen to the podcast, you'll hear recognize some of it. Oh yeah, the opening uh, the opening and closing are yeah. smell songs. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, yeah, I can't wait to hear it honestly. It's all done. I'm I'm so excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to you next time I'm here. Well, if it's out next time I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm excited. So I'm Ryan. I'm Chris. And we will see you next time. Have a good night.